and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. I'm impressed. I thought we were starting the Wrong Tigglywinks for podcast this uh, yeah. week. I mean, the, the thought certainly crossed my mind. We'll, we'll get on to the reason behind that in, uh, in, a, in a little while. Uh, this week, the uh, the London games have been uh, have, have began, and we're, uh, we'll be taking a look at the uh, Ravens and the Jaguars game from Wembley, along with some of the best action from week three. Plus, we're going to have a look at well, one of the, well, it's certainly one of the uh, bigger talking points from around the league and and really around the world at the minute it seems to be be everywhere but uh, first how's things G you you are you much like myself doing the podcast from from a knee as well um I'm not sure quite sure how to react to that other than that it raises a good point that we might might cover cover later on in the full discussion because you know I'd like to see a few more white players if not participating than than definitely being engaged and we've got team unity but there are wider social issues to talk about and I guess we'll cover them in what's going to become I guess the wrong politics podcast yeah quite possibly yeah well this this is the uh, we've, we've got just one uh, piece of news to take a look at this week because like I say it is kind of the uh, quite a quite a big thing and it has been been really everywhere um even even I have people who who aren't NFL fans who have uh, texted me about this over the weekend but um Donald Trump a uh, uh, <laughs> A controversial figure at the uh, best of times. On Friday night, he, uh, he the President Donald Trump, uh, fanned the flames of, co- of uh, conversation around uh, players kneeling in protest at the, at the National Anthem. Uh, he said that he thinks that fans should leave the stadiums if they see players taking a knee or sitting out at the National Anthem and that teams, team owners should fire players on the spot for taking part in it. He, he called the players sons of bitches, which I think is, 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 a, is a bit far, personally. Um, there's, as you'd expect, there's been loads and loads of backlash in the media and from players around this. Um, Loads and loads of, of players over the weekend are putting um, much much more uh, emphasis on the uh, on on the, the, the protests themselves. Uh, you wrote about it on the blog as well, didn't you? This week, what what, what are your th- thoughts on the situation, Jay? Well, it's a complex thing, and we'll sort of take it back to the beginning because this all starts with a, with a topic we've discussed a fair bit already on this podcast, which obviously um, Colin Kaepernick. Um, started off sitting and then taking a knee um, last season. And the thing is that the narrative surrounding this, and that's pretty much because of um, Trump framing it as disrespecting our flag, and this was never a case of protesting the anthem or protesting the flag. Yeah. What it was protesting was social injustice and police brutality. And if you remember, there was some particularly um, heinous series of um, police events um leading up to to Mm. that event with various shootings and um, arrests which led to deaths over restraints that shouldn't have been, you know, aren't textbook and, and, you know, for relatively minor offences like soling um, bootleg cigarettes. And so that started last year and he started a movement and there's other players who'd done some some protesting and there were still a handful protesting at the moment, but it sort of quietened down. And here's where we get into the real form of the politics, because there will be some that tell you that this is an all a big distraction from the fact that Trump, um, there's stuff increasing into the um, FBI's investigation of him and his links to Russia. There is also yet another failure of him to get um, the um, Affordable Care Act or Obamacare repealed um, in the Senate last year and that was the last week and that fell through. So... It's either an elaborate distraction or he just said the thing that came into his head because he was at one of his rallies and he was talking to his base. And, mm. yeah, he said what you said he did. Um, the phrase, I, I believe, the SOBs um, was taken particularly exception to because this is a man who is, yet again, dog-whistling on race uh, in yeah. that, you know, it is black players that are, are kneeling because it is black 
um, people in America who are suffering using injustices and disproportionately so. That is not to say that uh, uh, not other minorities are equally suffering. But when we get into the whole all lives matter thing, yes, but we're concentrating on the black lives because they are the ones that are disproportionately affected at the moment. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it, while well, I say there's been a lot of backlash, there's also if you look around the around Facebook and, and things like that, um, there's a lot of people that that are commenting on on everything that NFL posts seem to be posting on Facebook and saying that's it, I'm done with the NFL till 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 it uh, till till it's done till till uh, they stop protesting. It's I mean I mean it's it's one of those things that I think has has probably fired up his his audience, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it's a divisive um, comment designed to engage his base. Um, the thing that is slightly strange for us on this side of the pond, and it's something I made reference to at the start of the little thing I put up in reaction when I just heard the comments on, you know, over the weekend and we hadn't seen your games yet on Sunday, was that um, this always feels a little bit weird to us because we don't pledge allegiance to the flag from yeah. primary school or, you, you know, in elementary school, as the Americans would call it. Um, we don't play the national anthem in front of all sporting events. It just tends to be um, ahead of um, when the actual national side is playing. Yeah, big games and, and finals. We have a very different sense of patriotism, I feel, and I and I've actually heard some people like Bob Costa talking about the fact that almost the problem with this is that we see exclusively um, patriotism as or disproportionately patriotism being framed in reference of military service and service to the flag, and so there's an equation that you know if you're protesting the anthem and protesting the flag. You're yeah. protesting against the military, and mm. this is not either of those things. It was trying to get a discussion going. Boy, has that worked! But <laughs> the problem is now we're in a situation where those people, or a lot of people, are just—they don't care. They're not patriots. It's not the American way, and and they're turning off. Uh, there could be a hit to the bottom line of this. Uh, that will feed into Trump's narrative. But at the end of the day, I think there is an important thing that was faced, even if it was. The NFL's response sort of went with the twisting of a narrative because they didn't, you know, sit down and say um, too explicitly, hang on a minute, this is their um, this is their constitutional right to peaceful protest. Whether it was we are united together and it was the SOB's comment, I think, and, and, and that reference to their players where everybody went, well, no, hang on a second. And so they were talking about sport being a great unifier and unity and that seemed to be the message. And... It feels frustrating because there's good stuff going on that's now going to get overlooked. Malcolm Jenkins has been doing a lot of work, and Colin Kaepernick has not only um, paid the price for being out of the league, but he's also put up, um, I think, believe a million dollars of his own money and has been working with events. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins has actually gone to um, um, Washington, has been talking to lawmakers, has been talking to Philadelphia police, and there are a number of players that have been doing active things in the community. And... If that's what comes out of it, that's great. But the worry for me is that if if we get stuck in the narrative of patriotism, not patriotism, etc., then we're not dealing with the real issues. No, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head with a couple of points that I was going to make. Really, is it, obviously as, as president of the United States, his position is there to to defend the the, the rights of the of the American people, and it, what he's doing is is calling people out for. For their for the for following the, the First Amendment and 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 their their right to peaceful peaceful protest and 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 freedom of speech and also also on the uh, on the unification thing as well. I think Robert Kraft had a really good um, 
was a really good uh, soundbite came from from Robert Graff over the weekend that, that there's no greater unifier in this country than sports, and unfortunately, nothing more divisive than politics. Do you think Do you think Trump should be should be getting his politics in, involved in the game? Um, I mean, the thing is that Trump will do whatever Trump does. Uh, it's kind of a strange one because Barack Obama was a very sports interested president um, who you know picked a picked a bracket for March Madness and um, basketball because that was really his sport sport of choice, but. It's never really been um, such a divisive issue before, even if you didn't agree with the president. But this is not like any president we've had before. And I say we like I'm an American. I'm not. But, you know, this is not a normal American president. He uses language that is unpresidential. Um, he He does not seem to care about the fact that he is the figurehead for the country and that there's meant to be a certain unifying um, actions uh, uh, that he should take in in trying to bring the country together um even with people who disagree with you he seems to completely be trying to divide and it is kind of amazing to me to a man who can see both sides and say there are good people on both sides of a um when and equate anti-fascist um protesters with people openly marching under nazi flags but it's so but you know heaven help somebody who takes a knee um during your national anthem not exactly a um, controversial political statement, or at least I don't believe it is. Um, and, and sees and is saying advocating for them to be fired. I mean, it's well, just it, we shouldn't be outraged because outrage is what Trump deals with, and he is almost like a stream of conscious troll that's yeah, made flesh and yeah. somehow become president. <laughs> but a lot of people voted for him, and that well, that almost worries it. me more. Yeah. Well, one one last point before we uh, before we move on very quickly. Um, one of the things that, that has been potentially mooted is, is the national anthem stop stopping being played before before a game, um, and that really being being a thing of the past. Do you, could you see that happening? Do you think that solves a problem? Or, or I don't or know because it's so ingrained in the American culture. Yeah, and the the NFL as an institution has really embraced. You know, they have a salute to service month. Um, very often games open up with these huge flags and military personnel present and not at all uncommon for military flyovers. And so yeah. it's hard to see that when they've tied themselves to the idea of service and are trying to say that, you know, no matter where you're sent, we still recognise, you know, the service that you're putting in for your country and the danger you're placing yourselves in. And it's yeah. hard to see that going away. And we're already seeing some kickback against those teams who didn't even come out from a national anthem. And that's something that... I hadn't realised until, until there were various comments pieces going on. Uh, dated back till um, John Wooden, who was um, a legendary NBA coach, or not NBA, college basketball coach. Um, and, you know, he had his team stay in the locker room for the National Anthem because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was going by a different name at college, um, was, was would not stand for the National Anthem. And so his way to avoid it was the same as sort of the Steelers and, and various other sides that did it and, and sit out the National Anthem. But there's been kickback against that as as well mm. well it's going to be a uh, story that's i think going to develop over the uh, coming weeks so we'll have to keep an eye on it so with week three in the books we're uh, we're back to football now uh, let's talk let's get off the politics and we'll talk about some football uh, first game of the week was the uh, the rams and the 49ers uh, on thursday night football and boy and was games. i right about this game yeah well that's it was it was it was a very high score. It was a good, it was a good game as well, a real good game. Um, the Rams Rams obviously uh, Rams came away with the victory on this one. There was, it was eighty points in the game. It was forty one thirty nine. Couldn't have been any closer. 
the, the Rams got the uh, got the scoring going after 12 seconds. There was an interception in the first play, wasn't there? And then and then one play later, Todd Gurley pops up. Yep, and it's sort of for a while it looked like the um the Rams were were just going to dominate it completely and then the the 49ers managed to pull themselves back into the game and you know, I yeah. think made made the Rams fans very nervous towards the end and cost me a point because, you know, by <laughs> crikey, we were close to getting this pick, right? We were, no, that's it, yeah. Well, the, it was, I mean, there was there was a lot of offence in, in this game, as you'd expect from a game, from a 41-39 game. It was, it was 840 offensive yards throughout the game. A lot of those, a massive, huge game for, for Pierre Garçon, 49ers, who, who made uh, 142 receiving yards in seven catches. So, pretty good game for him. Yeah, um, the San Francisco offense, offense has struggled a bit so far this season, and they've sort of been doing well on defense. And in this game, it was sort of reversed. Um, Hoyer, um, apart from the interception, looked really, really good. And yeah. I like Pierre Garcon. He's not a flashy receiver, and he's not speedy, but he's a really, really good pro. He is where he should be and catches the ball. Um, and I think they were able to play the pass off a running game, which got going. And, and people have talked about Carlos Hyde running well. And he only got 84 yards off 25 um, rushing attempts, but he looked pretty good doing it. And mm. yeah, the, it was one. It was surprisingly an offense versus offense game. That's it. I mean, someone else, someone else who was uh, running well was, was Todd Gurley. He's not. He's not. In the first couple of weeks, he hasn't really looked like he's been firing on all cylinders. But but he got 113 yards this time. Yeah, they're trying to get him into space, and it, it is just a remarkable turnaround when you look at the fact that there's a couple of different players. But what have we been able to do in an off season with that offense? And Jared Goff, you know, already is beginning to at least look like a competent NFL quarterback. And you know, yeah. who would have thought that given what was going on last year? Well, absolutely, he couldn't get a game last year, could he? So, or not for the first half of the season, anyway. So he was uh, he's he's done really well. I think he's. I think there's a, there's a few quarterbacks this year that have that have kind of surprised people. Um, I'll be curious to see who else you think you've done it. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely benefited from having Sean McVay, who the early reports are that he um, looks to be good. And certainly, we knew that he was pretty good on offense and 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 had run a good 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 side of a ball on. Uh, in Washington, and it appears that he's sort of taking that on to the point where even when his defense is on the field, he's sat down with the offense and he's letting um, Wade Phillips, who let's face it, is a very competent and experienced defensive coordinator, worry about his side of the ball. And and I, I kind of like that delegation in a in a young um, a head coach. He's not been afraid yeah. to um, bring in experience by the looks of it. Listen to it. I said, well, Deshaun Watson was the other one I was thinking of, who's, who's having a great season. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> More on him a little bit later, I suppose, but but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he, he sort of had a coming out game this game, but yeah, but, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's been an interesting time for quarterbacks, and I think mm. um, we'll cover that with general depth of game at some point, um, maybe when discussing my blog, for instance. I think, I think you're, you're quite right. Um, well, the, like, like you say, the Rams were led for, for most of the game. Eight minutes left, they were leading 41-26. There was a couple of late touchdowns for the 49ers. Um, and they could, they really could have taken the uh, the game to a tie, but uh, after that final final touchdown, they they missed that two point conversion, and uh, yeah, ended up ended up losing the game. But it was it was a great advert for the league, and, and another another good Thursday night game, which is uh, which last couple of years there's been some some pretty pretty ropey Thursday night games. Yeah, they've nice they've to... had a real problem with with the quality of play, yeah. and, you know, the four day turnaround. But this one this one <laughs> there was not a lot, you know, there were some problems on defense events, shall we say? But yeah, it yeah. was definitely fun and entertaining if perhaps not the best played game of football we've ever seen but a promise from both sides I think and, and the first Absolutely. signs of life for um, Carl Shanahan is beginning to get things turned around on that offence for the 49ers 
Absolutely. Well, we both uh, picked the, uh, the the Rams on this one. Both got it uh, wrong, unfortunately. Missed so out by half a point. We, we did. That's it. Um, the first Wembley game took place this week. Uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and uh, it was... Well, it was one-sided, wasn't it? It was. It was the, it was the, yeah, the fifth year in a row that the Jaguars have, uh, have have visited Wembley, and the third year in a row that they've come away with a uh, with a win. Uh, it was forty-four-seven uh, in the end of this one. Um, Bortles uh, was stretched, stretched off last week, uh, but he did did start for the Jags uh, this week at Wembley, um, and it was it was just a, it was just a good show. Did you did you see much of this one? I mean, I've seen the game. Uh, obviously, as a UK podcast, we tend to cover the UK games by default. But yeah. when we had four such, you know, close games all decided, you know, with a, you know, by a single score at the end of the game, and there's been a lot of talk about in America about how amazing it was on the red zone, etc. And what we had was an absolute drubbing to watch Absolutely, because yeah. uh, the, the Ravens just never got started. Um, they br- and. I know that there was talk about them being embarrassed and upset when they're walking off the field, but you know they brought over sort of all the greats they had. Ray Lewis over here, you know, mm-hmm. the first draft pick, and then they just never got things going. Um, we knew that losing Marshall Yonder could cause some problems on the offensive line, just because he's an All-Pro guard and that's a big player to literally and figuratively to um, replace. But they just couldn't get the run game going. No. Flacco, who seemed to look good better last week and as good as he had him was doing sort of some bootleg and waggle stuff you know just look slow and stiff and whether it, they were suffering from the flight over and they just didn't get it right whereas the Jaguars were very practiced and I was expecting a close game and I did I thought the Jaguars would cover the points I was not expecting them to give the shellacking to a Ravens team who say what you like about them and being in the division I know a fair bit about them they are usually always competitive I don't remember a game like this they you know even if they lose it's usually close and you know you know you've been in a game and they play really hard and it was it was a big surprise well I just I just thought it was really nice of them to to come over and show UK fans how not to play football I thought it was a, uh, it was a, it was a, a good advert for that. I mean, it was the the one the, the stat that really that really got me was was at half time the Ravens had made only fifteen total offensive yards. Jacksonville had made two hundred and sixty six, which is which is nuts. Yeah, should we say some nice things about the Jaguars now? Because um, well, they're two and one. Uh, the defense, uh, we've been saying for years that they've collected talent, but I, I think the addition of Calais Campbell has really helped everything gel together because he's such a good pro in the locker room as well as on the field and it just feels like all that talent is is coming together and so they really restricted the Ravens and on offense it seemed kind of well designed because they got the early lead they were able to run the ball um, and set up play action and Bortles was taking the check downs were there and not forcing it and it just looked like a better designed offense that, that yeah. wasn't asking too much uh, of Bortles, and suddenly um, they did really well. They looked like one of those teams that might, you know, if they get ten points down, and they have to come back. That might be a problem. But in this kind of game with that defense, they look like a really scary proposition. Well, that's it. And one thing, one thing that surprised me, it was at thirty-seven nothing up. You don't expect to see uh, the teams, the, the team, do a fake punt, do you? No. End up with a fifty-nine-yard run. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of an incredible result. Um, I don't know if it'll come back to bite them. Uh, yeah, no, it was... It, but, you know, you always see Bill Bradcheck, who's considered one of the best ones, is always famed for, you know, not letting up and and accused of running up the score, but you never know. And, and yeah, it, we, we ended up the fourth quarter with Ryan Mallett versus um, whoever came on for Bortles. Chad Henney. Chad Henney, that was it. 
I, I, I lost his name for a moment, and I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> That's it. Well, it was like, like I say, it was a, it was a very one-sided game, forty-four-seven to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you picked the Jaguars, so uh, yeah, you got that one, got that one, got, got that one right. Yeah, I can't be too smug. I picked them to cover. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Um, the third game was uh, well. Should we just skip this one? Um, Dolphin, Dolphins, Jets. <laughs> I mean, this is the source of um, Dan's sudden interest in tiddlywinks. Oh uh, yeah, I nearly cancelled the podcast this week. It was I did not feel like talking about football after this game. It was uh, the the Miami Dolphins lost this one, uh, twenty points to six to the New York Jets. Uh, they, they were obviously playing the long game. I think they're playing the long game. They decided to hinder the Jets' hopes of uh, having that first draft pick next year. Um. But I mean, in in fairness of full disclosure, I think we have both sent texts to each other this year or this season, going yeah. football is rubbish as a result football. of our yeah. Yeah, of our game. Um, I think, in all seriousness, it was a letdown from a long trip out west. They played really well to beat the Chargers, and I just wonder if they took the Jets a little for granted, given how they played. And we should remember, but also that this is the Jets' first home game. Yeah, and. As much as we and we have been having a little fun talking about how bad they're going to be, but these are professional football players. They have pride, you know. They, they you know, they are not just going to turn up. They're playing for jobs. They're playing for their families. And there's a couple of moves in the Jets. They picked up a new receiver, and your offense never got going. You had kind of like your worst imaginings. I think of, of Jay Cutler after mm. the last week, where you had sort of like him playing really, really quite promisingly. And yeah, it, it just did not go well for you, did it? Not at all, not at all. I mean, and, and credit to the Jets, like you say, the the Jets did a good job of taking advantage of, of 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 the Dolphins being particularly poor. And Josh McCown, the quarterback, had a had a pretty flawless game as well. Yeah, I mean, I only saw the start of this game because uh, things didn't work out. But Cameron Wake, I saw, got an early sack. But I'm guessing that the pressure didn't keep going after that. No, well, that's it. it was, I think it was it was pretty much the first play, first or well, first uh, drive play or two. Yeah, it was yeah. certainly in the first drive. It was, uh, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a good, uh, a good sack. But we just, yeah, just couldn't, couldn't keep, couldn't keep these things going. And, and they, they, they look really. I mean, one particularly impressive play was the was the first touchdown Rod, uh, to Robbie Anderson, sixty nine yard pass just before half time. Yeah, and giving up big plays and and. Yeah, I, mean, I I know that you're worried because I was getting the text messages and it's just like, how much was bad offense, how much was bad defense and how much do you think it was just on the road and things getting, yeah. getting away from you? Because the worry's got to be you're in, you're traveling to London this week and aren't you then away again next week? Uh, I can't remember, to be perfectly honest. You, you, we probably are. It's, and we, we've not had a home game yet. Technically, this one this week, this weekend is a home game, but we've not had a game at, at, hard, at hard Rock Stadium yet. Yeah. Yeah, so you've been on the road twice. You're on the you know, you're at home technically in London, and then you're at home facing the Titans in week four. Yeah, well, not, you're week uh, four, week five. Yeah, not uh, not not a good, not a good start, I don't think. But um, in typical Dolphins fashion, got a con- consolation touchdown in right in the last second of the game, literally the last play, uh, and just to put the ice on the cake, missed the point after. So uh, yeah, that was that was uh, depressing, but. Uh, yeah, I won't. I won't read out what my notes on this game said because uh, they were they were a little bit blue, I think. But uh, we, we both went for the Dolphins on this one. Both uh, both got it wrong. Spectacularly wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on to on to your guys, the Bengals. It was it was a it was a much closer game than I was expecting. I must say, twenty four twenty seven. This one ended up the uh, the Green Bay Packers came away with with the win. And while the Packers have looked a bit inconsistent in the first in their first two weeks, 
the the Bengals have had look had looked pretty poor. Um, but they ended up taking a really good lead, and it was it was twenty one seven at half time. Yeah, it, it, uh, uh, we sort of were talking about it Monday um, when you got up, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm so frustrated," and you were like, "But there was promise there." It's like, "Yeah, I am," but right now I'm devastated because yeah, it was twenty one seven at half time. The Bengals moved the ball really well, and then they adjusted at half time on defense. The Packers did, and we just couldn't keep that momentum going on offense. But there, it looked like things were moving in the right way. It's just it yeah. feels like we got a little defensive and sort of let the Packers come back at us rather than staying with what got us to the lead in the first place. Scored two touchdowns. I mean, it was such a relief on the opening drive of the game to see the Bengals just you know march down the field for, field for four minutes and score a touchdown. It's like okay, so that's put that one to bed. And I was just ho- hoping it would be close and competitive. The the Packers had problems on the offensive line just through injuries and we got six sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Carl um, Lawson came out with three sacks and looked really good. Uh, Chris Smith got one and it was just kind of it was so nearly and it's frustrating because it, you know one and two is a bad start to the season but might be recoverable even though I you know I doubt it because we lost our first two home games but um, oh and three is such a hole and it's just Ah, so frustrating because it was nearly, 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 and you feel like a good team might have turned it around there. That oh, said, that said, Andy Reid has has taken zero and five teams and marched them into the um, playoffs, so it is possible. But yeah, it's a long shot. That's it, and it, I mean, it, it ended. It, it still went to overtime, didn't it? So you, you did a, you, you you did all right holding on for a while, but it, it was twenty four twenty four at uh, at the end of uh, at the end of at the end of time, and then uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was just a yeah, it was a kick from from Mason Crosby, the Packers kicker, with uh, with zero seconds yeah, left. Yeah, I mean the Bengals pretty much went free and out in overtime, and it's 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 a fearsome combination. I actually I I have a lot more time from from Marvin Lewis than a lot of commentators do, particularly at the moment, because. I know what a mess the Bengals were in when he walked in through the field and how consistent and how much he's built that program up and how it's done. But it's a bit of a fearsome combination when you have not, say, the best clock management, aggressive yeah. coach when it comes to in-game management and what's going on, and Andy Dalton, who doesn't always make the best decisions when it really, really matters. And so it's just so, so close and just... I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to next week. You know, Cleveland, it's been a tough opening to the season. Um you know, you've got Texans and that amazing defense um, on four days after, you know, a horrible um, opening day loss to the Ravens. And mm. okay, it was a home opener, but division games are always tough. And so, you know, we get to go to the Browns, and we'll see how that goes because I am not taking them for granted, even though it feels like they've, you know, the early season hope has settled into a, a bit more gloom for them. Yeah, well, it's uh, it, there was there was definitely some positives I would say for the for the Bengals, like you say, there was. Um, they managed six sacks. Uh, obviously, the, the Euro line was still a bit leaky and allowed three yourselves. AJ Green managed to get over half of the passing yards at 111. And Joe Mixon as well got uh, got got something going as well, 62 yards in 18 rushes. So there's there's definitely positives. Yeah, they very much seem to settle, um, sort of mix them through the game, game, uh, and then just you know have him that slip. And I mean, the real frustration for me is you get Jake Elliott, who, assuming I haven't got my kickers mixed up, was on our practice squad, um, mm. hitting a 61-yard winner for the yeah. Eagles, whilst Randy Bullock misses a field goal from 48 yards that um, could have won us the game in regular time. That's it. Well, uh, in terms of the picks on that one, you uh, you picked the Bengals. You were uh, you were correct. Good uh, good working back in your team this week. 
I just, I just, you know, I'd seen the injuries of, of the Packers, and and I, I didn't expect to run us. Well, this felt like around the right thing. I, I sort of expected the Packers to win. Um, I'm very glad at how we did it. But yeah, I, our defense has been good all the way through. And next week we get Vontez Perfect back. <laughs> So uh, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the games of the uh, the week. Then the uh, the Browns uh, still left uh, looking for their first win after a uh, after a twenty eight thirty one game to the Indianapolis Colts. Unfortunately, they lost. It was closer than it looked like it would be at one point after the Colts, Colts scored four first half touchdowns. Uh, they only managed three points in the second half, though. So uh, yeah, it was thirty one twenty eight to the Indianapolis Colts. And it does look like that Jacoby Brissett trade has worked out for the Colts. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, um, the New York Giants are another one that are uh, still still going uh, winless into uh, into week four. They uh, played the Eagles this week. It was twenty seven twenty four to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Giants scored all of their twenty four points in the fourth quarter and two field goals in in the uh, in the last minute last minute uh, from forty six and sixty one yards. Won it for the Eagles. That is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we we've covered my feelings on who is who is making those kicks, and yeah, the Giants seem to be really struggling on on offense, and we have yet more Odell Beckham um, celebration nonsense, which thankfully we don't yeah. have to talk about this week. Absolutely not. Um, the uh, Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills. Trevor Simeon uh, tested defeat for the first time this year. It was twenty six sixteen to the Buffalo Bills. There was uh, seven field goals between the uh, two games, so it made it uh, it made it good good game for the kickers. Uh, the New Orleans Saints are going into Wembley uh, with a bit of momentum, uh, handing the Panthers their first loss of the season. It was thirty-four thirteen to the uh, to the Saints against the Carolina Panthers. It was pretty much done and dusted after half time. Supercam uh, had one of his worst games of his career, uh, statistically. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, well, the, the Bears beat them, really, seriously. The Bears beat the Steelers. It was 23-17 uh, to the Chicago Bears. It, uh, it did take overtime. It could have gone uh, completely wrong as they uh, they blocked it. The, the Bears blocked a kick in the first half, returned it for what looked like it was going to be a touchdown, only for, only for it to be uh, stripped on the one-yard line and see it go out for a touchback. Did you see that one? Yeah, I've heard all about it, and it's just, uh, you know, you know there, there will be a gentleman... <laughs> Who will be a coaching point next week about um, slow stepping into the end zone and and how players play the game in the NFL? Yes, I would say yeah, he's not going to be uh, the most the most popular person in training. He certainly certainly wouldn't have been if they uh, if they lost. <laughs> the uh, the Falcons uh, they're one of the only two teams still undefeated going into week four. They won their game this weekend. 30 points to 26 over the Detroit Lions. The game was uh, level going into the fourth quarter while the Falcons got themselves a touchdown in the last 15 minutes. The Lions could only get a field goal. There was a bit of controversy, wasn't there, at the end of this one? Yeah, I mean, I watched this game um, because it looked like one of the fun games of the week and the the referees got the right call um, right at the end of the game. uh, They threw a pass to Golden Tate and it was ruled on the field a touchdown. It was reviewed. Um, Turns out that um, his knee was down and he was just shy of a touchdown. So far, so good. Only they stopped the clock or the clock was sort of like on eight seconds and by rule after review, they ran 10 seconds off the clock and the end of the game's over. Now, it was on fourth down so they couldn't really rush up and spike it because they turned it over but they did still you know it looks like the clock was near 11 when um when when golden tate sort of like was down so it just it just feels an unsatisfactory way to lose the game um mm. uh, it feels like the lions should have had the chance to at least try and run like a quarterback sneak or something at the end 
Yeah. Well, the uh, the Vikings were showing that they uh, they don't necessarily need Sam Bradford to pull out a, uh, a win. They won on Sunday, thirty four points to seventeen over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it was one of Case Keenum's best career performances. Uh, the Bucks barely broke twenty five yards rushing in the whole game, uh, and it was uh, another one that was in effect over pretty early. Yeah, and who knows how we're going to pick the Vikings from now on in. That's it, God knows. Uh, the the uh, Texans have never beaten the Patriots in New England, uh, but uh, yeah, they didn't They didn't again this this time. It was 36-33. It was very close. Uh, it was neck and neck uh, almost all the way through, and the Patriots uh, were down by five with less than 30 seconds left, but they managed a touchdown uh, and a two-point conversion for the win. Tom Brady is almost as regular as um, taxes and death, and but it does at least look like the Texans have found a quarterback they can stick to for a bit. Yes, I agree. The Titans are starting to uh, look like a pretty competitive team this year. They uh, they won on Sunday by 33 points to 27 over the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson had a great game, uh, though. We will we'll feel, feel a bit uh, disappointed not to have been able to pick up more points in the first half to uh, to get the win. The uh, other undefeated team in the in the league of Kansas City, the Chiefs, they uh, they won twenty four points to ten to the LA Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs took control early and kept it uh, and, and kept it all the way through the game. Uh, it was a great day for Kareem Hunt, one hundred and seventy two rushing yards, including a sixty nine yard touchdown uh, in the last two minutes as well. So a good day for him. Uh, late game on Sunday uh, was uh, the the uh, Raiders and the Redskins, and the result of this one was never really in doubt. After three unanswered touchdowns from the Redskins, it was twenty seven points to ten in the end. This one, uh, four sacks, two interceptions, and only one hundred and eighteen passing yards uh, from twenty five million dollar man Derek Carr. Are you taking a side swipe at the man who had receivers who dropped an awful lot of balls at the weekend? I wouldn't do a thing, not not a thing like that. <laughs> the last game was Monday night and the uh, Cowboys got back to winning ways it was 28-17 in the end uh, risky st- uh, touchdown including a, uh, a front flip from Dak Prescott uh, and Zeke seems to be uh, getting back into his stride as well 80 rushing yards this week uh, for the Cowboys the Right, and G, this is usually the point where we take a look at what you've been writing about on the blog, but we kind of covered your main piece in the, uh, this, this week in the, uh, in the news on do- Donald Trump's comments earlier on uh, is there anything in particular you're planning on looking at this week? Well, I did cover a little bit about um, some more about the preseason and how things, you know, the quality of football in in on my Thursday night piece ahead of the picks. So there is some some actual football content up there if you want to take a look. <laughs> um, this week, um, I'm reacting around the league, and I think there will be some more Trump on Thursday night. But, however. We have coaching tape, Dan. We have coaching Do tape. Do we have coaching tape, Dan? We have coaching tape. I am planning, if life doesn't get in the way, to be taking a look at the Titans offense going against the much-fancied and struggling this weekend Seattle defense to see what will happen there, particularly focusing, I think, on front seven versus the Titans O-line. Your snotograms to the NFL seem to have uh, seem to have worked. We have coaching tape back. Excellent. We have coaching tape. <laughs> well, for all of that and more, check out the uh, the blog. It is uh, at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Right, so let's have a look at week four then, shall we? The, uh, the, this is the the week when the uh, the, Miami, the mighty Miami Dolphins are going to be playing at Wembley against the uh, the Saints. I'll be uh, be going down to that one. Can't, I cannot wait. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm a bit down on the old uh, on the picks so far. It's uh, 25 points to 20, which after three weeks is is a hideous uh, gap of, of five points. Um, even my dad's rubbing it in still. still I was going to say, how bad? I, I mean, it. how bad is it getting between you and your dad? At the can't moment? help himself. Can't help himself. <laughs> I don't think there's been a day since he's not mentioned it. So let's have a look at uh, this week's games then uh, for, uh, for for the pick up competition. Um, the Thursday night game, Color Rush is going to be the Packers and the Bears. Now the Bears are given seven and a half points in this one, and that is enough to make me tempted to pick them. 
I'm sat here feeling the same thing. You know, they seem to be able to run the ball, have a tough defense. I'm actually looking forward to seeing them. The Packers, as much as anything, they've got the players, and in Aaron Rodgers, you would trust them to win this game. But with the injuries they've got at every level of the defense and on the offensive line, yeah, I I, I think this could be closer than than, than eight points. <laughs> I think it will be. I, I think I'm uh, I think I'm genuinely going to go for the uh, uh, for the for the Bears on this one. Um, I'll of course be going for the Dolphins at Wembley against the Saints. Uh, they're they're given two and a half points. Uh, what, what do you reckon? My concern is which Dolphins team is going to turn up. Yes, because I, I was really quite impressed with them at, with them at the Chargers and the Saints. You still can't trust their defense. Um, I mean, you know, they won quite handily at the weekend, but the Panthers' offense is all over the place, and we'll cover that in a minute. So, I. Th- I think I might lean Saints because I trust Drew Brees more than Jay Cutler, but I, I w- yeah. wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins did well and won. Yeah. Um, one of the undefeated teams, the Atlanta Falcons, they are hosting the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are given eight and a half points. That's too many. I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so pleased that I was one of the few things I can hang my hat on. It, yeah. it, that I was right about was that I was say, sat, sat there saying but I didn't think the Falcons were going to have um, the degree of Super Bowl suit um, hangover that, that lots of people were predicting and they looked they've looked really good in the last two games but the Buffalo Bills are playing really hard for Sean McDermott and he seems to have really got the defence if nothing else working and yeah I just feel like this could be a closer game than, than eight and a half points I think it will as well I think I think you're right I think I might have to uh, to go for the Bills Um what about your team? This is two two zero and three teams meeting on uh, on, on Sunday. Uh, two and a half points going to the Cleveland Browns uh, playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. What do you think? I'm thinking that if the Bengals lose this, I'm going to really really panic. I feel bizarrely for an zero and three team. I feel quite confident the Bengals get 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 their first win of the season this week. That could yeah. bite me because Hugh Jackson um, not only is a very good coach, but he knows sort of the Bengals defense and a lot of our personnel. But <sighs> I just think I just fancy the Bengals to get the first win. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right, and if not, it'll be the wrong curling in a couple of weeks' time, won't it, or something like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> LA Rams and the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this I think this is going to be a good game. This one uh, they also meet on Sunday. Eight and a half points given to the Rams. Interesting. Is that enough to make you tempted to pick Jared Goff on the road? Yeah, I think it is. I've I've, I've just ticked them. It's really tempting, isn't it? And, and looking yeah, it at is. and looking at the early green bars we get to see on the ESPN site, um, yeah, it looks like people agree because yeah. the, the, the Cowboys haven't looked that convincing yet. They've had their moments, but it feels like the offense isn't quite flowing. Zeke got better yards this week, but he's still he, he maybe is not quite as explosive and is ducking out sideline rather than running for forty yards, and yeah. it just doesn't look quite right. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. You mentioned earlier about the uh, about about the Vikings and and not knowing which uh, which way to pick on them. They are uh, hosting the Detroit Lions uh, at home, and they have two and a half points taken off them. I I don't know what to go for on this one. No, I'm really really stuck. The Lions. I've been really impressed with. They could have won that that game against the Falcons, and the Falcons are a really good team. The Vikings' defense is very good, particularly at home because it's a really noisy stadium. And if Case Keenum is going to play like that, then suddenly um, I feel more comfortable than I did before he played like that because I you know after that horrible loss in his first game I thought they were doomed last week but I really like Zimmer as a coach I might give him the edge over Caldwell but I like this Lions team Mm, I don't know I really like the Lions 
but I don't know if I can. I don't know. I don't, it depends what team turns up. Yeah, it's a really difficult one. Really yeah. difficult. Really difficult pick this week. Uh, Titans Texans one and a half points given to the Houston Texans on this one. Uh, this should be a cracking game. It will be. Ooh, I, I, my initial thought is going Texans, but I don't know. It is another tough one. The Titans I've been impressed with. Um, everybody keeps talking about how nice a game Marcus Mariota is, and sort of you know, and it almost makes for the offensive line want to sort of block for him more because they like him so much. Um, but yeah. also, he's been playing really well. Um, and yet the Texans seem to have found their quarterback for the future. The defense, you know, thankfully, um, Jadavian Clowney played a bit better last week because J.J. Watt doesn't look like he's back to doing J.J. Watt things. And with, no. with it being a back injury, we don't know if he will be. But I think I lean Titans. But I'm not, mm. I'm, I just don't trust that Texans offense. And bearing in mind how injured the Patriots are, you know, you know I wouldn't read too much. But equally, Tom Brady was, was clearly impressed with Watson at the end of the game. And so, yeah, but this is like two in a row where it's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of which, let's make it three. This, this, is, a, this is usually a really big game. The uh, Patriots and the Panthers uh, meet on Sunday. Nine and a half points taken off the Patriots. Panthers didn't look good at the weekend, but the, the Patriots, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, it's, again, I'm not sure. See, here's the thing, with the Panthers, they do not look right on offence. Um, I don't know what Knox and Cam Newton's carrying, and but you know it's clear that they've tried to make a major offensive adjustment. They're not in, themselves. Yeah, well, they've met, tried to make a major offensive adjustment in how they scheme the team, with their starting quarterback not being able to practice because he's been injured, and he's lost his um, security blanket in Greg Olson for the year for a broken foot. That offense doesn't feel like it's going to be fixed anytime soon unless Cam gets whatever's troubling him back in be his worried about taking hits his throwing shoulder what's yeah. going on meanwhile the Patriots um, defence just does not look the same at all as last year and they seem to be really struggling on that side of the ball and they're working on offence but they're really having to work for it because of, because of the injuries and I trust the Patriots to win this game because of Belichick and, and getting things back on track but 10 points seems a little steep I think it I think it does but uh, I don't know this is another one that's gonna, that I'm going to have to have a think about over the, uh, over the week <laughs> Uh, Jets and the Jaguars, uh, three and a half points given to the Jets. They can't make it two in a row, can they? I don't know because it's their second home game, but I, I suspect not just because the Jaguars feel like they've got um, momentum and, and I mm. struggle to see how the Jets are going to move the ball on that defence. I'm going Jet, uh, Jags, sorry, on this one. Uh, Steelers-Ravens, two and a half points to the Ravens. Is that is that that's not enough? Uh, that's not enough for me, not, not given what's happened this weekend. <sighs> yeah, except... Mr. Rufflersberger hasn't looked himself. That offense hasn't quite taken off. And do you not think there's going to be some kind of reaction from the Ravens after that performance in London? Not enough to beat the Steelers, I don't. At home, uh, our games. The AFC North is is a very tough division. Uh, I, you might be right, but I've just been. I'm feeling a bit anxious in the Steelers after what they did to me last week. They lost to the Bears. Yeah, they did. Good point. Actually, that is a good point. Um, Buccaneers Giants. Can you see the Giants getting their first win? Three and a half, three and a half points given to the Giants. The Buccaneers, or they are dead to me. <laughs> if they're but, gonna, yeah. you know, after after they've they've got some players banged up on defense, but if James Winston is for real, he needs to leave out the out the um the, sort of the turnovers, and the Buccaneers need to win this game. Yeah. 
Uh, straight, who's going to win between the Chargers and the Eagles? That doesn't seem fair to me. It seems quite an easy pick. Except that the Eagles were really injured on defence, which is why I think the Giants got it so close towards the end. But yeah, I'm leaning Eagles just because everything seems to be coming apart for the Chargers. But yeah. it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they sprung a surprise. I'm going to go Eagles on that one, I think. Uh, this is another close one. The 49ers and the Cardinals. Um the Cardinals give the 49ers seven and a half points. Um, I think I'm going to go 49ers. Carson Palmer looked better on Monday. He's one of the they've they've got he's got one of the most yards of, of I think he's in the top three for yardage this year. And Larry, Fitzger- Larry Fitzgerald looked amazing. However, mm. 49ers got their offense going. If I could just get the offense and defense going at the same time, yeah. I think I fancy the Cardinals to win, but I'm not sure they'll cover that line. That's what I'm thinking. Exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going 49ers on this one. Uh, Broncos and Raiders, uh, two and a half points to the Raiders. Um, Broncos for me. Yeah, um, I th- <laughs> I'm really torn on this one because again, after what the Broncos just had happen to um, the Bills. I'm not quite as confident as I was. I don't think Tremor Simeon is, is any less of a quarterback than I thought he was, just he had a bad game away. Meanwhile, Denver Broncos' defense is incredibly good at, good at home, and the Raiders um, you know, are not magically going to stop dropping balls. So we shall have to see. Um, the late-night game on Sunday is the Colts and the Seahawks. Now, the, the Colts are given 13.5 points. What are we saying there, that the Colts are really bad or the Seahawks are really good? I'm confused because the Colts yeah. just beat the Browns. The Seattle not only lost, but their their much vaunted defense had had a bad day. That might not happen against the Colts, but I've seen no signs on their offense to get make me trust them with that offensive no. line. No, nor have I. I, I yeah. I think I'm going to go Colts. Uh, my rule on this one is that um, I always need a, a, an extraordinarily good reason to expect a team to cover a double-digit um, um, yeah. line, and I, the Seahawks don't have a good enough one for me. Fair enough. Um, the final game Monday night is the Chiefs and the Redskins. Uh, six and a half points given to Washington. Hmm. I think this I... might be a game we watch next week because that yeah. looks like a cracking game. Um particularly given how well Washington played last week and I wasn't expecting it but yeah. it's right in that sweet spot of I, I fancy the Chiefs in this one but do they win by a touchdown so it's, it's a real close one this isn't it yeah but it's, it's like in week 4 they've got enough games to know what they're doing yeah um, I'm not just I'm not just hiding my picks I promise I'm not just hiding my picks <laughs> so my dad doesn't copy them I think having Having mentioned last week that he waited until he listened to the podcast until before he made his uh, his picks, uh, yeah. but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, if he'd been copying your picks last week, then you know he Fair wouldn't. He, he wouldn't be a joint top with me at the moment. So Fair point. <laughs> yeah, okay. But maybe I need to hold back more of my opinions in the picking. I'll segment. give you that. Maybe, maybe <laughs> something to think about. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe, and maybe even a review through whatever medium you procure your podcast. It really does help us to get into as many ears as we possibly can. Uh, we're going to be taking our bye week next week, as we always do once a season, um, but we'll be back. Traitor, traitor know, going sorry, on holiday and having a life. How dare you? <laughs> I know, I know. 
Um, but we'll be back the following week to cover the action from week five and also to preview week six of the regular season. Uh, if you're going to Wembley on uh, on Sunday, have a great day. Uh, I'm planning to certainly, hopefully, hoping the, uh, the Dolphins come away with a win. Um, in the meantime, if you're missing us, uh, please make sure you check out uh, theronfootball.com for more from the mind of G. And remember that if you want to get in touch with us, you can either do so by dropping us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan. If you are going to Wembley, Drop me a line. I'm more than happy to uh, to say hello. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. And under no circumstances will I be sat in my house on Wednesday of next week, sort of talking American football to myself because I won't know what to do. You definitely will. I maybe will. Yeah.